Greetings, patriots, friends, sweet brethren of the Lord. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly great joy. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for such a time as this, that you have placed us on the earth. You have placed us in this nation, that you have given us a resolve to stand strong for the Lord. I thank you that your grace is sufficient for us. I thank you that faith is rising up in us and that we will walk out your precepts with great courage and boldness in these last days. Thank you that you have given us a voice in Jesus' name. Today's message, it's time to use your voice. There is a reason I call my radio program Voice in the Wilderness. The Holy Scriptures referred to John the Baptist as the voice in the wilderness, as he was called to prepare the way for the coming of Jesus. I named this program for the very same reason. I am called to prepare for the second coming of Christ, to prepare you and to prepare the way for the Lord's coming. What exactly does that mean? It means I'm trying to prepare you spiritually, to wake you up if you need woken up, to teach you to walk in the purity of God's word and be holy vessels for the kingdom of God. You and I are living in unprecedented times where we are watching the enemy unleash his wicked schemes like we've never seen. Isaiah the prophet prophesied in Isaiah chapter 60 verse 2 and it says this, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. Notice that Isaiah says that the darkness is going to cover the earth first. Every nation is being affected by this darkness, not just the United States. We tend to think that we're the only ones that are under all of this, but not so. The whole nation, the, uh, the whole the whole world is being affected by this darkness. There are forces in every nation that are motivated to bring about evil consequences. Just take, for example, the small nation of Syria, where President Bashir al-Assad has gassed thousands of Syrians. This brutal dictator has had air raids on cities, killing and wounding thousands of families, children included. Since 2011, this wicked man has been unrestrained in the murder of his own people. At least 4 million Syrians have fled their homeland since 2011, many of which have gone to Lebanon, Jordan, Turkey, Iraq, Egypt, or North Africa. Then we look at the country of Turkey. It has a dictator who's, who has destroyed relations with the United States. We have, we have had an extraordinarily good relationship with Turkey for since World War II, maybe even before that. In fact, we have an air base in Adana. That's the southern portion of Turkey. But this dictator is a whole new breed. Then there's Iraq, Iran, Russia, China, 
North Korea. But countries in South America have brutal dictators as well. Much of Africa has been overrun by terrorist groups, as well as the Philippines. Then Isaiah says, and deep darkness the people. In other words, this darkness that's covering the earth is also going to cover the people. A deep darkness. Now, over the years that I've been on this radio program, I have certainly enumerated all the dark and wicked things that are taking place in the U.S. But you see, it's over the entire world. Sex trafficking is rampant in Asia, particularly Indonesia. In Venezuela, sex trafficking and child sex tourism are common since 2014. Every state in the United States has been affected with sex trafficking, with Texas, Florida, New York, and California in the lead. And next door to me, my neighbor here in Ohio is is next on the list. Women, children, and men are being recruited through ruses, psychological manipulation, and force and held against their will. Now, unless you're sleeping under a rock, it's obvious the culture has changed and absolutely anything, anything goes. The newest stupid thing is out of California where they want to fine a store like a department store. They want to find them if they separate the women's clothing section from the men's clothing section. You you know, I I scratch my head and and wonder, you know, what will be next? And then I think to myself, how far will we go before Jesus returns? How dark will it get? Because, you see, for me, the darkness is pretty dark. Last week, I gave you a glimpse into the Equality Act. It's known as H.R. 5. Now, as you probably know, if you follow the news, H.R. 1 just passed. The Equality Act is H.R. 5, and it just passed in the House recently, And as I mentioned last week, it's up for a vote in the Senate very soon. Now, this bill would create landmark, landmark LGBTQ legislation in a move that critics say would crush religious liberty. This legislation expands the 1964 Civil Rights Act by broadening the definition of protected classes to include sexual orientation and gender identity. In case you don't know what gender identity is, it simply means, as a woman, if I suddenly feel that I identify more as a man than a woman, then I get all the rights under the Equality Act. 
I don't have to change my sex. I just have to identify as a different sex. This legislation protects the LGBTQ community at the same time disenfranchising the religious community. So bottom line is this. There is nothing equal about HR5. So let's call it the Inequality Act because there's nothing equal about it. If this bill passes the Senate, Biden will probably sign it into law. My friends, this is a crucial, crucial turning point for our nation. I don't think I can say this clearly enough for you as an individual, for businesses, for churches, for ministries of faith like mine. The Equality Act, the Inequality Act, is a threat to life as we know it in our nation today. Franklin Graham, and I should say Reverend Franklin Graham, called it a real game changer. Last week, I asked you to speak to your pastors and to inform them of this bill, as well as calling the Capitol switchboard to tell your U.S. United States senators to vote no. If you haven't already done that, I'm going to give you the number again. So get your pen and paper because at the end of the broadcast, I will repeat that number if you don't get it now. But the number is 202-224-3121. Dial 202-224-3121 and ask to be connected to your U.S. Senators. And as you know, each state has two. So you want to call both of them, not just one of them. I want you to be polite and I want you to be respectful. But I also want you to tell all your friends to call. Tell your family members to call. Tell your pastors to call. Tell your pastors to give out the number to their church members. That's important so that they can call. Every church across America should be calling. Please take this seriously. At the end of the broadcast, I mentioned I'm going to give the, the number again. Now, I want to go over this Equality Act, which I'm calling the Inequality Act. I'm going to go over what is in this bill again. The Equality Act will designate schools, churches, and healthcare organizations as, quote, public accommodations. With this, schools, churches, and hospitals could be forced to accept the government's beliefs and mandates about sexual orientation and gender identity. That would be highly intrusive and incredibly far-reaching. It will threaten everyday speech where people can be fined or lose their jobs for using the wrong name, or pronouns. Remember, we aren't to use he or she anymore. 
So this is this is a um, a breach against our Bill of Rights, particularly the first one, freedom of speech. See, they're going to threaten our speech. In other words, as I told you last week, they're going to make us be quiet. They're going to silence our voice. Okay, next, the Equality Act, better known in my words as the Inequality Act, will legislate that we will allow boys in girls' sports. We will allow boys in girls' locker rooms. We will allow men in women's shelters. And we will allow men in women's prisons. Before I go on, imagine being a woman in a women's shelter. Now, you're in the women's shelter because you've been abused by a man or or men, many, and now they're going to allow men to be in the women's shelter. This bill will force teachers and students to publicly pretend that a biological male is a female. Schools will be encouraged or mandated to instruct young children that they can choose to be a boy or girl or neither or both making biological sex and science a relic of the past. Okay, let me repeat that because I bet you didn't catch that. Schools will be encouraged or mandated to instruct young children I can tell you they're already doing this. They're already doing this. Instructing young children that they can choose to be a boy or a girl or neither or both. You see, they're doing this already because we already see children as young as eight telling their parents if they're a, a, a boy that they want to be a girl. Do you understand what that means? That means that the Academy of Pediatrics endorses this. Having an eight-year-old boy have his, well, it's, it's it's a body part, so I'm going to say it, have, have him castrated, have his penis removed. And then they get sex hormones that will uh, cause them to be infertile. So this is so crazy. It's so out of hand. It's so it, it, it's, it really is hard to wrap your brain around. This act will use the force of law, the force of law across all 50 states to strip Christian and other religious ministries of their right to hire people of shared faith to pursue a shared mission. I mean, can you imagine a Christian organization being forced to hire people hostile to its deeply held beliefs who have no passion for its beliefs, teachings, and mission? How does, how does that work? How does that work? And this act will strip healthcare professionals of their rights of conscience. It will force doctors and medical 
professionals who long to do no harm to engage in gender transition treatments such as hormone blocking, cross-sex hormones, or surgery. It is obvious that a Catholic or faith-based hospital should not have to perform gender transition surgeries that go entirely against all they believe. And lastly, this act will be a tool used by the government to deny or threaten accreditation to religious colleges and universities if they do not satisfy the demands of the secular left to apply sexual orientation and gender identity to dorms, sports, places of privacy, and even teachings. The act could be used as a weapon to threaten the availability of federal student loans and grants to students at certain disfavored religious schools. You know, it actually makes me nauseated to even read this, and I feel like I feel like I'm talking about something that's occurring in a third world world country, and yet. I'm talking about my own nation. My personal opinion is that if this piece of legislation is passed, it will have even more far-reaching effects than the ones that I've mentioned. Ultimately, as I said last week, the prime motivation for this legislation is to shut down the churches. I mean, you can... You can see the handwriting on the wall. You can see where they are going. You see, folks, all these years, all these years, the church had a voice. It had an opportunity, I should say, to have a voice. And it had the freedom to make known its intentions. But the church has been so weakened, wanting to be relevant and inclusive, that it has lost its voice. It's lost its voice. And it's lost its moral courage to stand up against things like prayer in schools being removed. Don't you wonder, don't you scratch your head, why no one stood up against that? I mean... For the most part, pastors don't have the moral courage to stand for biblical standards. Now, hey, you know, I'm not bashing past. I'm not bashing pastors that, uh, you know, George Barna took a survey. I'm just telling you what George Barna says. So is it any wonder that we are where we are today? Now, on the on the bright side, I am encouraged by the few clergy I've heard lately bravely addressing these issues as well as abortion from the pulpit. And I've heard them on YouTube. Now, it's well overdue, well overdue. But I thank God that the Lord is merciful and full of compassion 
But, you know, he doesn't wink at sin. So listen carefully as I read from Isaiah 64. If you have your Bible, you can read it with me. I'm reading Isaiah 64, verses 1 through 9. And it says, Oh, that you rend the heavens, would rend the heavens, that you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence, as fire burns brushwood, as fire causes water to boil, to make your known, to make your name known to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things for which they did not look, you came down. The mountains shook at your presence, for since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you who acts for the one who waits for him. You meet him who rejoices and does righteousness, who remembers you in your ways. You are indeed angry, for we have sinned. In these ways we continue, and and we need to be saved. But we are all like an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. And there is no one who calls on your name or who stirs himself up to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and have consumed us because of our iniquities. But now, O Lord, you are our Father, we are the clay, and you are potter. And all we are the work of your hand. Do not be furious, O Lord, nor remember iniquity forever. Indeed, please look, we are all your people. Folks, we must never forget that he, the Lord Almighty, is the potter, and we are the clay. We must allow him to fashion us as he wills. The Lord reminds us of his overwhelming power and sovereignty in Isaiah 40, verses 21 through 31. And it reads, Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. He brings the princes to nothing. He makes the judges of the earth useless. Scarcely shall they be planted. Scarcely shall they be sown. Scarcely shall their stock take root in the earth when he will also blow on them and they will wither and the whirlwind will take them away like stubble. To whom then will you liken me? Or to whom shall I be equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things, who brings out their hosts by number. He calls them all by name by the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, 
and my just claim is passed over by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So the Lord encourages us, but we must be diligent to follow him, and we must war and stand strong for what is right. You see, so many times Israel wanted to identify with their ungodly neighbors. They built idols, and they went up on high places and worshiped these idols. They forgot their covenant with God. They turned their back on what they knew was right, just, and holy. And the consequences were devastating. They were besieged by their enemies every time and made captives. It's a picture of where we are. The church looks and acts like the world. You can hardly tell any difference, especially with the seeker-friendly churches. The result? We've been taken captive and seduced by their standards. Friends, we can turn this tide, but it's up to you and I. The impact of this legislation is immense. We must not remain silent any longer. Please pray. Pray for an awakening in people's hearts that they would return to God. Be diligent and to pray and call on the name of the Lord. Now is the time to evangelize. Start praying for your neighbors, friends, and family members that are lost. Remember to call your U.S. Senator. In West Virginia, that's Senator Joe Manchin and Senator Shelley Moore Capito. And that number is 202-224-3121. I hope you enjoy Catherine Mullins as she sings, Sing Like the Battle is Over. I want you to carefully listen to what she says about our voices.
You have a voice. Use it. Well, this is Dawn Noble. You can go to www.pureheart.today and listen to this podcast again. I covered your prayers. I seriously, seriously do. And I would really, really, really appreciate your financial support of this ministry. And you can write me at Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. That's Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. Well, I look forward to being with you again. Shalom, shalom. Peace be unto you.